This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. Visit them on their social media pages for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. Did you get that? Yep. Recording in progress. Yep, got it. Good. I, I just I, I say that for fun because I think it's funny that you know legal legal reasons they have to tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't take two seconds. <laughs> it didn't take two <laughs> seconds. Your cat's in the way. My cat actually went up the steps, uh, but the door <laughs> the door upstairs is is uh, closed, so she'll probably back down. Yeah, I swear to you. The second that she knows that I'm talking to somebody at that point it's just like all right he's live so it is what it is yeah you know, she wants she wants the attention she wants the uh the fame the it is it's true know, wants to make the appearance on the popco project podcast <laughs> well mike welcome thank you dead sled coffee yes i'll tell you what man um i hate the internet most times but in the case of us meeting i love it you had um, followed me on Instagram, and I like coffee. I'm like, oh, this coffee company followed me. Let's go check it out. Yeah, quite the following, quite the uh, quite the operation. So I reached out to you. I said, hey, let's uh, let's do a podcast. I would love to talk to you about because it's like your your coffee. Um, you know, the, the the slogan is you know bringing you the highest quality of craft coffee with a rock and roll and horror vibe. And my podcast is primarily about music so i'm like okay that makes sense i like horror and i love coffee let's talk to this guy so i'm like hey like how can i get some coffee uh to try before uh we do this because i would love to uh partake and you're like oh i'll mail it to you so i gave you my address and you said oh i'm right down the street i'm like wait a minute what you're you're also located in wilkesbury and you're like yeah yeah and you have a lot of uh mutual friends of mine yeah, that's where I initially saw you. Actually, was that that's why I started following you because our mutual friend John Fry, who you just had on just recently, yep. um, I saw it pop up on my timeline. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then I noticed Tanya on Instagram, and then just followed you. I was like, "Cool," you know, another uh, local company. You know, local company. I didn't even recognize it first. I didn't even realize at first that you were at Axelrad. Yeah. And then I saw the mailing address, and like, there's no way that I'm sending this. Yeah, post well, office where I can just take it to them the next day. Yeah, which was great. So I actually had to I I got to try some. I have it in the background here. I uh, I tried the uh, wisdom in chains. Yeah, the uh, amaretto biscotti. Yep, very good. Uh, I think I messed it up though. I think because I uh, I added um, like a, a sweetener to it. Um, okay. And not not like a, a sugar, like a like a French vanilla. I'm like that should not have happened. But it was still good. Yeah, uh, that was actually uh, our first our first band that we actually worked with. Uh, we were quite new at, at that point. Uh, we had already had Vincent Price, Bill Lugosi, Vampire copies at that point in time. But we kept trying to do music acts. And a mutual friend of ours, uh, well, not of ours, but a mutual friend, Wisdom in Chains, she was like, hey... Uh, I'm really good pals with the singer. 
I'm good friends with the guitarist. You know, do you want me to introduce you guys? I'm sure that they'll be happy to do it. And it just so happened they're out of Strasbourg. Uh, they're like OG Pennsylvania hardcore legends, right? So we tested and we had a deal done in about a week. And the drummer, Luke Rota, is actually the one that did all the taste testing for that. He's an Italian person. So uh, he brought it back to his roots, did all the taste testing. And there you go. And I love that coffee. But you're right. You should just use If you're going to use creamer on it, just a regular creamer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I screwed up. Um, but that's the only creamer I had in the house at the time. So it's like, fair enough, but I'll give it a, a second try for sure. It wasn't bad. It just like, like this, this probably should have just been regularly try black. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. Working. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you'll be shocked. I think I actually, so it is nine o'clock at night on a Tuesday. Um, so I didn't want to have coffee, but I'm like, how can I incorporate coffee into uh, this podcast when I'm drinking? So I'm going to have a, uh, uh, Blackbeard's breakfast beer. It's a porter brewed with coffee. Nice. So here, here we go. So that's, that's the coffee uh, portion of the. A game that we would love to get into at some point would be like, yeah, would be like a hard cold brew, a hard coffee. We would love to get to that. You know, our first stage, I think, is to actually get to can and bottle the coffee and then work on the because there's a so many ropes. So many things that, you know, so many things you have to jump through just just to get that done, but then to include booze. That's yeah. a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. So tell me about uh, Dead Sled Coffee and how it started. Because I think I, I saw on social media you know, just recently, maybe earlier this year, um, you decided to, hey, let's let's make this a full time thing. Let's let's make a let's do this 110 percent. Let's let's make this the best thing it can be. Let's quit your day job. Let's 100 percent in what? Talk, tell me about dead sled in, in general like how did it okay. start like yeah all the all the good stuff i mean again i i feel i feel like i should be shamed for not knowing your name earlier i know what you know like john fry and josh balls and john phillips and chris jones and you're in chris jones's building and it's like how did i not hear about this sooner and i mean the band incorporation everything going on uh tell me about dead sled i i, I almost tried talking to you too earlier at, at axel red but i said let's save it for the discussion on the podcast. Right. Tell me about Dead Sled Coffee. Well, actually, we just turned four. So that's where it all started. Um, actually, the founder of the company, her name is Diana. She and her husband are the two that actually founded the company. And she had this idea in mind of creating uh, a coffee company, like an all-inclusive craft coffee where, you know, we we all love horror. We all love heavy metal. We all love rock and roll. And we wanted just an all-inclusive place where we discussed good movies, listened to good music, drank good coffee. And I know it sounds silly, but like that was the concept kind of behind it. And then the dead slug coffee was there. And we're like, look, politics, everything else, it stops at the door here. If you want to talk about music, we're game. If you, you know, if you want to talk about movies, we're game. Horror movies, we're really game. Um, but, and then I was actually just asked to build a website because I have an IT background. So that's where I kind of came into play. But both of them, both Mike and Diana, uh, they're some of my best friends ever. You know, like we're like family at this point. And they had asked me to build a website. So I built the website for them. And the website turned into a little more work to like running the social media, to constantly updating the site, to making sure it was functioning. That turned into a small percentage of ownership. And then throughout the years, we grew and grew and grew, which my ownership ended up growing at that point. And then we just built this brand that you see today. Um, it went from three horror icons that have been passed away for years to Wisdom and Chains. And then to Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, for those of you who don't know. And then that just extended into, I mean, we blew up way quicker than what we thought that we were ever going to. You know, you know, I mean, we went from, you know, Robert England to Rob Zombie, you know, wow. which was just insane to us. And, you know, signing a two year deal with Warner Brothers. And now we're in talks with like some other people who are really big. And I can't say yet, obviously, but. Um, and they reach out to us. So then it was like back in March, I was at a job for about seven and a half years and we were just busy. And I'm like, look, we're generating enough, I think, enough revenue 
someone needs to see this thing 24 seven. Like I can't, because for the most part, I do about 99% of it, I guess you could say. So like if I had a title, an official title, I would be the COO. Right. And then Diana, she's basically just the CFO. So anything that I, you know, I do everything else. She pays the invoices. And then Mike, if we need him, we call him the bear sometimes. So like if we need somebody to come in on a meeting and really get things going, or if I have to bounce like ideas off of him with numbers or how to like word a proper deal, he, then I bring him in. But I was like, look, I do it all anyways. As long as I can get what I'm making now, at least let's do it. You know? And I had known Josh, not, not too, too long because we just worked together on the coffee for the strange and unusual, that collaboration that we put out last fall. And I had only had known Josh Balls for geez, probably less than a year, I guess. I mean, we followed each other for a little while, but we never really knew one another very well. We met like last summer to discuss that, you know, we signed together and worked together. I'm like, hey, do you know anybody that has office space? Fast forward. And there you go. You know, and now I'm, and I've been there since March, I think March 15th ish, roughly I moved in. Right. Yeah. So I want to get into all that, you know, the the, the working with the bands and talking to Warner and and all that kind of stuff. But you, you said when it started, like, so did the coffee exist and you guys just kind of like were underground and, and this was like a, like a little club that, you know, you guys kind of kind of had that, you know, you said, you know, politics stops at the door. Like how, I mean, how did it all happen? Like how did the coffee come into, into the picture? Like how did it all start? Well, Diana has always wanted to start a coffee company and she always had the idea in mind, you know, obviously uh, um, not necessarily to where it's at today, but the initial, you know, I want Halloween color, you know, colors, I want black, orange and white. Um, and at the very beginning, we just had what we had just our regular morning blend coffee, which we still have. It's our OG, a black walnut and a dark roast. Basically, that's all we have. We didn't have any kind of collaborations, just us. And we pumped it up and we hyped it up for a few months. Uh, we had, you know, we, you know, we had known a couple influencers that helped us push, you know, the word and that kind of generated a little buzz, but it wasn't a ton it was a lot of our friends and family that shared too, you know? So eventually when we launched our first pre-order, there wasn't really much invested. So like the pre-order kind of paid for the first roast, paid for the first set of bags, did it, sent it out. And then the deals Then we just put like, all right, so how can we, because the coffee market is ridiculously tough Mm -hmm. and it's tough to find that niche. It's tough to, have people come to you instead of X, you know, that they've been going to for 15 years. Um, it's tough to convince some people to pay X more when they're used to paying this per bag. Right. Right. So we're like, well, how can we do it? And to our liking, you know, we're just like, Hey, uh, we're into horror. Let's work with some of these easier franchises to work with these easier licenses they just have estates, and then that's where the horror came into play, which was Vampire, Vincent Price, and Vampire. And, and uh, or no, sorry, Bella Lugosi. I said Vampire twice, but, and it just kind of grew from there. Because once you offer those types of things, you get more of a fan base. You get more sales. You get more people are paying attention to you. Uh, your follower count goes from 250 to 700, right? Like, you know, like that's that was actually one of the toughest things that I've done was to build a social media follower, you know? So, you know, the marketing part, it's, it's been tough, but now we're finally there, you know? Yeah. I mean, your Instagram page is like, uh, pretty, pretty wild. I think you had like, what, 56,000, 23,000, almost 23,400 now. Oh, I was way off. Still a lot. Yeah. You know, that's well, a lot, you know, and we got the covered of blue check. Yeah. You always like that, right? That's good. Legit. Yeah. That, that thing took me two years yeah. to get. Yeah, twenty five thousand, twenty five point three thousand is what the, yeah. uh, the number says. But yeah, I mean, if you got any tips and tricks, uh, <laughs> let me know because <laughs> it's a it's a grind. Yeah, tips and tricks are consistent posting, which I'm sure that you do, and working with people that have a big following and having them share. You know what I mean? It's just a constant thing. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's just you know to build 20 some thousand in four years 
uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, Twitter for sure. Good luck. I can't. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just. I don't understand Twitter. I never have. It's the Wild West to me. It's, it's just too much going on. It's chaos. I get it, but it's tough to get. I mean, we have some interaction out there, but like we use that for like D Snyder, right? Because mm-hmm. D love D loves he loves Twitter. So like we go out there for the horror community and D Snyder, and that's really about it. But yeah, yeah. the social media is funny too. It's like I I actually got flagged the uh, other day on Facebook. Um, my wife's friend posted a photo of her husband struggling to put together a table. And she said, uh, the, the, the picture, uh, and she posted along with it. She said, um, I love, uh, watching my husband like stressed out or something like that. Right. And I want to comment on the, the, the photo just saying women are evil because that's evil. That's an evil thing. Like, like you're like right. finding joy in your husband being stressed out, putting together a table for you. That's evil, right? I got flagged for that. They said Unreal. I was like, yeah, yeah, women are women are evil. Like, I was just, it's a friend of mine. That's not like I was like commented on some person's page I didn't know or whatever. Like, it's insane. So I mean, I, I don't want to get off topic, but yeah, no, no, no. This okay. social media is like a, a little, um, it, and the algorithms are, are constantly changing. And you're, you know, you, I think once you figure out maybe a groove and and finding something that works, they're changing things, and it's a constant game. It is, but I'm, I'm going to say engagement has been rough lately for, you know, so it's like they're really geared towards reels, right? Video. So like they completely removed videos from profiles and they turned every video into a reel now on IG, for example. Um, they're really pushing that, but we'll put a picture up of something, whether it's cool, whether it's not cool, you know, I don't know, but, you know, we used to get, let's just say 150 to 200 likes pretty quick on it. Now, we'll see like 28, 30. And like, not one of our followers are purchased. We've never done that. That's all organic following. But then the next day we'll put up a reel, a video of something like a coffee meme. I think I'll get just an obscene amount of engagement. It's just, sometimes I don't think there's any real science to it, but sometimes I think I know what I'm doing. If that, you know, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I just, I, I, I'm not talented or savvy enough in that world. Like I have a TikTok and I, I've, I've played with reels. Um, I'm trying to see if I have any, like I have a couple, like, and it just, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's not my thing. Like I, I'm not that creative. I'm not funny. I'm not like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a, uh, it's a tough, I, I, you know, I did one, like, like one of those um, pre-made things. I was like, what, are, what is your uh, all-time favorite or all-time starting five for basketball? Right, I got like fifty eight hundred uh, views or whatever it is. Like that's, I don't know if that's good or not. But like it was like in I, comparison yeah, to everything else, it was like right. it was pretty high. But like, I mean, I can't imagine the time that people put into, you know, making the TikToks and the reels and all that kind of stuff because they're really well done. I mean, they have to be thought yeah. out and planned. It's like I don't have that time or or the uh, talent really. Yeah, it's crazy now. Like it's. Uh... Like we're on TikTok. It's only because we, I mean, we basically had to go out there, right. To just kind of, cause it's so popular now. And for our target audience, for our target age range, uh, TikTok should really happen in place. And I tried my best and I'll go out there every now and again, I'll post a video, just like you said, like, I'm not super creative. I try to think of cool stuff or whatever to do. I more focus on the coffee if I can, uh, but out there, you, you know, I'll get 400 views, but then I'll post a, a spinning, just a simple little spinning picture of Rob Zombie's bag. And it gets like 30,000 views in like a day. And I'm just like, why doesn't this happen every time that I post? You know, it just, <laughs> it, it, it just, it makes no sense to me. Like, I know that reels on IG are a lot too based on the music that you uh, pick for the actual reel. Right. Because some music has more reels than others. People just hit that music itself and scroll sure. through those, you know. So, you know, that's one thing with reels, but I don't get it. From four views to forty thousand, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I've got two kids, I'm married. Like, my there's, I don't have a lot of time. Like, I just, I think about doing these reels and thing. I'm like, I don't, I can't do it. I just don't. Right. I can't, and I can't pay someone to do it. I have no money. It's right. crazy. <laughs> But. Yeah, it's tough. I remember one morning in the office. I'm like, all right, so what can I do? What can I do? 
And uh, like, there's nobody in the office yet. Sometimes if, if like, I'm going to do something like that, I'll try to get there before everyone. So nobody sees me do it just because I look like an idiot doing it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, all yeah. right, got to get this out of the way before anybody shows up. So I don't know. It, it was a Kanye West song. It was, oh yeah, Runaway. So like the games, you know, like, you know, like the uh, piano at the beginning of that song. I'm like, all right, so what can I do? And uh, it was just silly, but it's just little things like that. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just not that great. I try to time it with the music and it's just, here you go. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> well, I mean, you're doing something right, but I mean, you, you started collaborating with, you know, the horror world. Um, right. Let's get back into that. Um, okay. I mean, is that just a simple, like, you know, let's contact, you know, their people's people. Like, how does that how does that work? So the majority of our collaborations, um, we would go directly through the agent, right? So, like for example, Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger, by you know, you sign up to a certain site, you can get the agent of anybody. You can, you know, you can get their phone number, their email address, anything. So. Certain people we wanted to work with, we got that contact information, reached out to them. And if they're interested, they'll come back to you. If they're not interested, some of them just won't even respond to you after a couple attempts. Some will just say, no, thanks. It's not for us. Um, we most certainly had more no's than yeses. But you know, that's just how she got on the phone with their agent. They talked to their people. Now, Robert was really cool. He came on the phone with us. And she's like, oh, I've always wanted to do a coffee. And... A 30-minute Zoom turned into a two-hour reminiscing of his career, and it was fantastic. Just as a fanboy myself, I was just kind of, you know, taken back a little bit being on there with him. But uh, as far as someone like Warner Brothers, for example, that works a little differently. Um, I actually almost got sued by Warner Brothers, which is why we even have... Oh, no. Oh, no. I think we lost Mike. His connection was a little shaky. Right, let's get him back on here real quick. Uh, but yeah, it's wild how like the internet works as far as like how you connect can connect with people. Um, you know, I had no idea that this guy was right down the street from where I worked, so. Uh, while I hate the internet and I hate the internet because I just think it's kind of evil. There's, uh, you know, just evil people out there. Um, but there can be some good. Um, actually, I met my wife on the internet. Not, I didn't meet her on the internet. I was able to speak to her on the internet because she was way too hot for me. So I was, it, was, it was easy to uh, message her via uh, MySpace back in the day. Uh, so she said, no, get, get lost. It would be uh, a little easier to take than uh, a no to the face. So, uh, I mean, I've used the internet to my advantage, but uh, it's evil. I mean, internet bullies and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you can jump. We yeah, internet bullies and you know, raising, raising kids in this uh, atmosphere is kind of scary. Oh, no, his, his, uh, his internet went down completely. That's not good. That means that this might not continue. I'm going to pause it real quick here. I'll pause it. I'll pause it. All right, we're back. Mike's internet Recording is back. Recording progress. Yeah. Mike's internet is back. Oh man, I was scared. I was telling, I was, when you were, you disappeared, I was telling the, I was telling everyone how uh, I met my wife on the internet, but really I didn't meet her on the internet. I, I knew of her in real life, but it was easier to uh, see, uh, see a no over the computer than be told no to your face. So yeah. So I was like, ah, I'll, I'll try it. Maybe he can jump back in quick. I'll try and save this. And but yeah. I, I, I could pause this. Like, come, come on, John, you're a pro. Yeah. So it's so odd. The Comcast did that to me. You know? I mean, normally they're pretty good. And like I said, like before this, I was actually on like a partners meeting like Zoom and there was four of us on. So normally it's even more of a, of a you know, of a draw. 
Yeah. And uh, there was just no problems. But all right, we're back. I have no idea where we were before the internet went out. <laughs> um, I think that I was saying because you were like saying like how do all these deals come to place? Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Reach out right. to them. Right. right and then right. I got to the Warner Brothers thing and like how how it worked a little differently and how mm-hmm. I actually met them through almost getting sued for doing the Robert England packaging. Okay. Um, so when we initially designed the Robert England bag, it was the colors of the Freddy sweater, right? So it was the red and the green stripes, but it's, a, you know, they are specific reds and greens. Right. Um, and the artist who did the artwork, his name is Andrews Erickson. He drew Robert England, but he was, but it was Robert England himself, but he, but he had the Freddy glove on, uh, holding a cup of coffee. So Robert's agent, myself, we were reached, we, you know, reached out to all these people because we didn't want to get sued. Obviously we wanted to make sure that we were cool with our trademarks. Um, and nobody was getting back to us. So finally, we're like, you want to know what they've seen it. They don't have time to respond. Evidently it's okay. We pushed the image out to everybody. And at that time we still had a pretty good following. I think, I think, I think we were probably over, probably over 10,000 on IG at that point. Right. So Plus, Robert shared it. And once Robert shares it to his millions of followers, like everybody sees it at that point. But so we share the artwork. We were a day before launch. I got an email from the VP of legal affairs from Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. And she's like, look, I really hope you didn't do that. Uh, here's your cease and desist. You are not allowed to use that artwork, blah, 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 yeah. blah. You need to change it and you need to show it to me before you launch. P.S. I'll say it again. I really hope that you guys didn't launch that. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Shitless, what do you right? do? Yeah. So we, I called everybody. I'm like guys, I'm like I just got this email from Warner Brothers, and we're not allowed to use that packaging. Like we'll be launched tomorrow. It was like thirty hours. I'm not sure the exact time frame, but it, it was close to launching. And. So you had you had like coffee in bags, however many bags printed. We didn't print the to- bags yet. Okay. Thank, thankfully, we didn't okay. put the bags, but the public was about to be introduced. Start the pre-order, but they've already seen the artwork. So in their mind, they're getting Robert England with, with the Freddy glove on. Right. The cease and desist was for the Freddy glove, and we actually had to change the colors of the stripes. Hmm. Just alter them a little bit. You know, it just it couldn't be the exact colors. Yeah. So we just altered them to like a weird dark olive and like an odd dark red. You know, almost like the red on my wall back okay. there. Um, that I called up the artist. I'm like, look, we have a problem. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this is going on. We launch in X amount of hours. What can we do? You know what I mean? Like, what can we do? He removed the Freddy glove, just gave him like a regular hand holding the thing. But, you know, he put scratch marks on the coffee mug instead and had blood coming out of it, you know, to just kind of insinuate that this is Robert England, that this is Freddy Krueger. Sure. You can't trademark nail marks in a mug, right? right. So... But then Robert had to approve it. So then we had to send it to Robert first. And then Robert was okay with it. So then I had to send it. Then it was time to send it to Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema. Sent it to him. She came back. She's like, this is totally okay. You're good. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I might as well try to turn a positive into a negative. I responded to her. And I was like, hey, now that I have your attention, how do I get the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street? She responded within, I don't know, 15 minutes. She's like, here, call this number. You know, his, you know, his name is X. This is his number. This is his e- email address. The sweetest pie, like nicest person on the planet. Just doing like, her job, yeah. She's just doing her job. She was so nice. But I think it was also because there was no there was no combatives from our part. Sure. It was like, sure, okay, whatever sorry. you need to change. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm sorry we met no dis, you know, we met no harm here. Right. Um called him up. That turned into, I mean, that deal was two years. That took two years to finalize close to. Wow. And, but getting the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise turned into just them to Nightmare on Elm Street, to Friday the 13th, to Beetlejuice, and to It Chapter One and Chapter Two. Wow. And it, it was wild. It was a wild deal. And now we, you know, and now we have all those properties and we have the rights to them for the next two years. And what do those collabs look like? I mean, obviously you're you know taking imagery from you know what those series are and from their asset library, correct. So like you have to use specific artwork. 
a lot of people they'll have somebody draw it up right so for us there's like there's actually a portal that we log into and they give us all the artwork to choose from and our graphics guy he puts them all together and then makes our bags um now certain things it's weird so i actually asked if i was allowed to talk about this and i can't so um the rights are weird so as far as let's just use it chapter one and it chapter two for example we have to be careful what's on the bag we can't use pennywise on any coffee bags that say chapter one because Warner Brothers doesn't own the rights to Pennywise from It Chapter One. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, the the uh, a person that played Pennywise, right. he owns the rights to Pennywise for Chapter One. <laughs> chapter Two, we can use Pennywise. So that's why that we launched with It Chapter Two because we wanted Pennywise on the bag. But the only way that we could put Pennywise in the bag is if we huh. put Chapter Two on. He was he was also him in. It, chapter two right yes both both of them i wonder i wonder how that works i wonder why like he has rights for the first one but not the second correct so, so like i'm not sure what happened i didn't ask questions but they were very specific they're like yeah you yeah. cannot use the imagery of pennywise for any chapter one bags um yeah. it was it was the same with nightmare on elm street so we weren't allowed to use the imagery of freddy krueger nobody is really allowed to use the imagery of freddy krueger because robert england you have to get his permission to use that. Hmm. Well, we already had Robert under contract. So while we were negotiating with Warner Brothers, you know, I'm like, you know, so what kind of artwork can we use? And like, well, you can't use Freddy. With me, you can't use Freddy. Like, I, I, I don't want Nightmare on Elm Street if I can't use Freddy Krueger. Like, I'm not, you know, like, I don't want a glove on a bag. I want Freddy's burnt face, right. <laughs> you know, on a bag. So they're like, well, you have to get, the, you, you have to get per per permission from Robert. And I was like, well, we have Robert under contract. So let me call. call. I called his agent. She called him. Warner Brothers, uh, he signed a little thing. Warner Brothers put an addendum to their contract. and said, we're allowed to use the rights to Freddy Krueger. So like, we're the only people that can use Freddy. Wow. Because we actually have the rights to Robert England himself. That's wild. And, wild. and what about the, uh, like the coffee that goes in the bag? Like, do they have anything to do with like tasting? Like, do they have any kind of say as to what flavor or right. um, style like how does that work so the majority do the warner brothers stuff we just pick because you're not because it's just us working with warner brothers warner brothers doesn't care what goes in the bag you know they just care what's on the bag sure but uh we do all the taste te testing for those but for robert uh robert england rob zombie d snyder cypress hill uh everybody um was all involved in taste testing their own coffee especially like people like Robert, um, Rob Zombie, D Snyder. Like he, D was like, I won't do anything but a Guatemalan coffee. The beans have to be from Guatemala. Um, so I got a really good Guatemalan blend. I roasted it on like four different levels. I shipped him out four pounds of coffee that we roasted up for him. And he picked his favorite roast. And then we went from there. Um, Cypress Hill took almost four months to taste test. The, the, the longest waiting taste test in the history of our company, <laughs> you know, like be real. And then they took like four months. It, it, it was insane. It was like three and a half months or something like that. Um, a kiss took a very long time. Kiss taste tested their own, own coffees. Uh, Rob was very specific. He's like, I want USDA organic. Uh, I'm a vegan. My wife and I are both vegans. And so we sent him seven samples, a list of, you know, the highest quality of organic coffee that we could find. He taste tested them. He's like, I like this one and let's move forward. So yeah, they're all involved. So was, were the musicians similar, like to get them, was it similar to the, the, the movies and, and things like that, as far as like just reaching out to agents and saying, Hey, um, we want to get together with you and, and partner on this, this coffee. Like how did that work? Some. So uh, it just depends on who, on like who it is. Right. So like, for example, Kiss of Cypress Hill was actually due like through like a licensing agency. Um, they use, they don't use their agents, managers, nobody to do anything that has their names on. They actually have a separate company that they hire to do all of their licensing. So if you see merch with Kiss's name or Cypress Hill's name on it, it wasn't their managers that did it. There was, there's a specific company that they're hired to license their brand out. So that was a little different. Um, we don't do those types of deals anymore uh, for numerous reasons. But for Rob, 
you, we, we went through his agent, uh, Rob Zombie. Uh, Mike went through his agent. He got back to Mike. They kind of went back and forth for a little while. And then Rob actually got involved in the emails. So, like, it's really cool, you know. And to this day, if Rob, you know, wants or needs something, he'll just email Mike. And they'll go back and forth via email. He's very, very involved. Um, D and I, we, D, a signer and I signed our deal through Twitter. <laughs> Believe wow. it or not. Um, he was tweeting something about coffee, him and Jamie Jasta from Hatebreed. I responded from the Dead Slept account. And like five minutes later, I had a DM from him. He's like, tell me more. And we DM back and forth for like 20, 30 minutes. And then the next day, I got an email from D. And his agents were courtesy copied. And they're like, so what's the deal look, look like? I sent them the template of our contract. I'm like, you know, let me know if, it, you know, if everything's okay, if there's something you want changed, or if you don't like something, let's have a conversation. That deal was signed in like 48 hours. Wow. And, and it just all started on Twitter. It was awesome. Now, what do you think sets you apart from, because I imagine that like these bands and artists, they probably get a million DMs and emails and phone calls about, hey, so-and-so wants to team up and do a clothing line or a, right. a, a beer or a coffee or, or whatever it might be. I mean, is it luck? I mean, did you shoot your shot and, you know, yeah. You... I think the first few might have been, right? Yeah. So so I'll never say it's just because we're perfect at what we do. Um for the very first horror ones that we did, that was just because we knew somebody that already had contacts with those particular licenses. So that person introduced us to the estates and we got the deals done that way. So it was just knowing somebody there. Um, Wisdom and Change was knowing somebody. Like Robert England, that email was just shooting your shot, right? Just like you said, it was just shooting your shot. Fingers crossed that they responded and they did. And then yeah. it worked out. Um, but I think as we grew, at this point, it's brand recognition. And that's not an ego thing. It's, I, I think that if, you know, if, I, yeah. like, if I could tell you who I got off the phone with today, like, I, hope that we get, I like, hope that deal gets signed pretty quick because like, it's a really big deal. It's one that I've been wanting to do for a long time. We're very close to getting it done. I was on the phone with them today, and uh, they reached out to us. So like I woke up in the morning and had a DM from them saying, Hey, we're really loving what you do. Uh, we, we've been wanting to do this for a while and you're just perfect for it. So, and then, you know, so deals happen that way too. You know, at this point, I think it's name recognition. I think it's, you know, who we already work with. Um, I mean, Rob Zombie himself was like, I'm working with you because you have uh, Vampira, Bella, Bella Lugosi, Vincent Price and Kiss. Kiss is his favorite band. So the second that he saw that Kiss was already working with us, it's like, well, Kiss works with, with them. They must be okay, right? Right. So, yeah, I think it's both. I think, like, the first few deals are luck. I think the ones that we just, you know, cold call. Yeah. You know, like, I've reached out to, like, one of my favorite bands of all time, probably my favorite band of all time, are the Deftones, right? So I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to that agency. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm just like, come on, you know, I'm just, it's just me. Hey, it's me again. You know, yeah. like, that's just like a, you know, that's kind of like a passion project for me that I hope to do someday. Right. Um, you know, just for my own well-being in life. But, uh, uh, but yeah, but you know, there's no response there, you know, this whole thing is so wild. It, it almost, it feels like it all happened by like accident. Like, you know, there's these, you know, two people who have the start of this coffee, coffee company, you're doing web development and then you're part of the thing. And, you're reaching out to so-and-so they're on board and just kind of snowballs from there. <laughs> it's been insane. Like I'll tell you what, four years ago when this started, I did have no gray. I had no gray hairs on my chin. Like, yeah. so, I'm, so like, I'm not going to blame being into my forties now on that. I'm going to blame just the hustle and bustle, you know, cause yeah. for, for those four years before I left my job, you know, I was doing two jobs. I would wake up in the morning. I would do all I could for, you know, for dead side via email or whatever. During the day I worked, I came home at night, I worked dead sled again. Um, during COVID and for a little bit after, I was shipping out of my house. Like that's where the shipping was happening. Like I cleared out my office, I set it up as like a huge shipping, you know, fulfillment center. 
you know, the coffee would get delivered and I would just have cases and cases and cases on my porch and I have to break it all down outside and bring in, you know, like it was wild. <laughs> yeah. And then to see what it is now to have office space and, you know, I, I'm really thankful, but it is, uh, it's been a trip. I mean, even just since March, it's, it, it's, it's been a trip, you know, leaving a guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. You know, leaving a job. It's like, okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, you're leaving and, everything behind benefits. Yeah. Everything at that and, point. I, and, and I don't take offense to this, but like you're doing it at an age where, you know, when you're in your early twenties, it's easy to be like, Oh, I'll take the risks now. And if I fall on my face, I got plenty of time to like make it up. Yeah. You're talking like, I don't know how old you are, but late thirties, early forties. I'm like, 42. Okay. So, so yeah. So you're, you're saying in your four, you know, 42, like all in, like, and if this fails, then what? Like that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, I mean, trust me, like sometimes I still lose sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh man, I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, like, you know, cause you never know what, what's going to happen. You never know. Like, yeah. Uh, I think we're only going to get bigger. I really do. But you never know what's going to happen with any type of business or any type of market or any type of, you know, anything. And, you know, six months from now, it could be to the point to where it's back to a hobby, right? Like, I don't want, you know, I hate to speak that that way, but I have to be a realist, Mm -hmm. right? And I, and I always say, you know, you just never know what's going to happen six months from now or, whatever. But I, I always wanted to take that shot. I've never been able, able to, or I've always been too much of a pansy to do it. I don't know, but I had the opportunity. We all talked as a team. I'm just like, look, let me do it because we were using a pick pack facility in Brooklyn. Right. And I was, you know, they were, you know, it was just, just a hired gun warehouse and all of our coffee was going there. They had a system where our orders were going in at that time, you know, and they were just shipping it out for us. I'm just like, look, like, look, look what they're, look what we're giving them. Right. You know, like just me, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then imagine if I can put 24 seven to this thing, how much faster, how much bigger that we could actually grow, you know, if someone could pay attention to it 24 seven and that's so- it. Screw it. I just got my <laughs> shot. <laughs> went in so i what does the fulfillment look like now i mean like obviously you know i can't wake up tomorrow throw coffee and uh you know a bag and start selling it to the masses like there's processes and there's probably fda regulations and all that kind of shit like right what does that look like so we have two roasting facilities um so basically we rent time, I guess is the best way to say it, right? So right now we have a roasting facility in Newark, New Jersey and in Brick. And we source our beans, we source our coffee. They roast it for us, you know, during, you know, so like we get production time with them. Uh, we do all the sourcing, you know, we source the, the beans that we want. They bring them in Um and then they go through their roasting process and then they send them up to Wilkes-Barre you know, to my office. And then I, you know, and then I fulfill the orders. So like I ship through X time and X time a day. And then the other times of the day, you know, that's if there's orders, you know, if, you know, it's, you know, there's like slow periods of the year. It just depends. Um, And then I do the rest of my job. So like I do the shipping and everything, Hmm. but like we roast down in Jersey. So we do have two facilities down there that are not our hours. So I shouldn't say there are facilities, but right we like basically rent production time. Right. So it's, it's roasted also bagged there as well. Correct. It's roasted and bagged there. Cool. Correct. But it's always fresh. You know, that's something that we pride ourselves on. So it's like, you know, if you have, if you buy a bag of coffee from us and it shows up, that's just say four to five days later, you know, some, you know, sometimes depending on supply issues, there'll be a lead time of seven to 10 business days and then it will process and ship. We don't like it being that long. But sometimes it just is, you know, there's nothing we, you know, there's nothing we, 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 we can do about it. Um, we're a roast to order company. Sometimes coffees get back ordered, but there's always a message that pops up and says, look, it's currently back ordered. It may be a little delay, you know, sorry. But uh, if you're drinking our coffee, it was probably roasted at max two to two and a half weeks before you open that bag. Most are like three days or four days. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, we'll like, you know, we never keep a huge supply just for that reason. So, you know, I don't want coffee sitting around for six months and somebody getting it, you know, right. I'd rather, I'd rather them wait a couple, a, a couple of days, really love it and come back versus like, eh, it's just coffee. It's stale. You know, it tastes like it's been sitting there for six months, <laughs> you know, like that sucks. Like that's bad for us. Yeah. You know, and it kind of, it kind of defeats the purpose of being a craft coffee company. Right. Of course. Yeah. Did you uh, experience any kind of uh, supply issues or um, distribution issues during COVID? Um, not during COVID at all. Um, the roasting took a little longer. Supply issues weren't, weren't a problem, but the roasting process was much longer for certain things because they were at like 20% staff, right. you know? So like when your staff is cut by 70 to 80% and you still have the same workload, it's going to take longer. Right. So the flavored stuff always takes longer than the non-flavored stuff. Cause it has to sit, has to flavor and they have to break down machines specifically for that flavor. Sure. So they can't mix and match obviously due to allergies and just, you know, you don't want to flavor a straight coffee with a black walnut by accident. So, but yeah, I mean, normally it wasn't supply issues. It was just wait time for roasting, basically. Yeah. Those were the problems that we found during COVID. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, I have this like a genuine appreciation for the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, I remember being a little kid and maybe, maybe in my teens and um, just like, thinking about owning a business and, and starting something, but I don't know what happened in the process. I think, you know, I finished college and I got a job and like, you know, I started like living a life where I had to, you know, continue making money right, to afford my lifestyle. So ever thinking about doing what you've done is almost like not in the cards. I mean, I have two kids. I said before wife house, like I got, too much dependent on, on my salary to be like, Hey, you know what? And roll a dice on this one. Like, <laughs> but, um, right. Obviously it's not easy. And it's like, you know, there's long days. There's the red tape you're jumping through, you know, um, a lot of people will give up. It's like, Oh, it's not worth the hassle. It's not worth the four month, um, process of getting a deal signed or whatever it might be like, what keeps you, passionate about i mean are you passionate about coffee are you passionate about business are you passionate about both like what what keeps you going at the day to day um that's a really that's a really great great question uh first off i love coffee right like i it's just before dead sled i was such a just give me whatever i'm gonna pour a ton of cream and sugar and i'm just gonna go on you know with my day i didn't care what it was you know it was like it was like drinking chocolate. I'm like, you know, it was, you know, I put, just put so much shit in my coffee. I didn't care. Yeah. But uh, once I fell in love, you know, once I started with dead sled coffee, it's I fell in love with coffee and for somebody to sit down and just be able to just sip it black. Like it's weird. It's, it's uh, like, I'm so not a snob in any other aspect of life. Like it just, <laughs> but I'm such a coffee uh, for lack of better terminology, I'm a coffee whore at this point to where it's just like, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it has to taste like, I won't even stop any place any, you know, anymore. So yes, the coffee is very important to me. That keeps me going. But I tell people this all the time. I absolutely head over heels in love with the hustle and bustle of business. I love it. I love reaching out to somebody, getting a reply, setting up a call. Um, telling them why they should work with us, you know, or even if somebody reaches out to us, I'm like, you know, thank you for reaching out. Let's have a conversation. Um, whether it's getting a new wholesale account, whether it's getting a new collaboration, even something as simple as just seeing all the orders that came in overnight. Right. Or something as simple as driving over to Axelrad and, you know, talking to the staff there about, you know, opening up, you know, an account to do t-shirts and things like, I just love stuff like that. I love being on the move. I love meeting new people. It's what keeps me going. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm not going to lie. I would love to be able to just kick back someday. I don't care if it's 20 years from now or 25 years from now 
and see people operating it for me, mm-hmm. you know, just to the point where I don't have to work anymore. I'm not talking about being worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's sure. just, you know, I, right. So like from my background, from where I came from, um, that's just, I've never been around that type of thing in my life. I wasn't raised that way. Uh, and just, you know, there were times in my life where I was just a complete rock bottom. So yeah, I guess those things are the things that drive me. Someday I would just love to retire at 55, 60 years old and be like, you want to know what? Don't call me unless it's burning down. Don't call me. Yeah. yeah. Don't call me unless the building's burning down because I don't, you know, yeah. no, I put my time in. It's your, you know, it's your turn to run it. Well, yeah. I mean, what's that's how, I mean, that's essentially, I mean, I, I like to think that if I w- were ever a business owner, I would, yeah, I would retire fairly early, like I said, 55 and get the right team in place where, you know, they can take ownership of it in a sense and, and right. call it their own, run it. And then you sit back and get a little bit of the, the, you know, residual or whatever you want to call it. And then forever, everybody That's wins. It. Yeah. Everybody wins. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm, but I will tell you that I will do, I will take a business call regardless of how old that I am or am not though. I will always take a call if somebody wants to talk business because it's just, well, I mean, I love it. I've been in sales for, uh, a majority of my career and there right. is definitely uh, a high you can get off of it's true. whether it's a landing a deal or whatever it might be just, yeah, the, the conversation, the the ability to come to an agreement um, where you feel that both, both sides kind of wins and, and you're in it together. It's a partnership. It's not, you know, it's not me taking your money. That's why I really enjoy working at Axelrad. Um, you know, I used to work in media, you know, radio, um, print sales and things like that where, that type of sales is almost a thankless job. No one's right. no one's thanking me for taking their thousands of dollars um, for a radio campaign that they really can't um, judge the ROI on. But when you're working in the t-shirt industry, you know there is something physical at the end of the day. It's like you sit down. You know, uh, you know I'm working on a company. I'm going to be building their retail store. So we're sitting down. We're talking about you know you know, garments and different styles and colors and, you know, creating a campaign based, you know, logos and all that kind of stuff, which is, that's, that's what I love doing. I, I mean, I, right. my, my background is marketing. That's a lot of fun, but you know, the whole process is like, you know, it's, it's a partnership from day one and upon completion, they have a product they, they can hold and touch and see and feel. Um, so that for me is very rewarding. Yeah, no, it very much is. And, just even, you know, even just something as simple as I said, you know, just being on the phone with the people that I spoke with earlier today. And like, I know that that call went well. I know that that deal is probably going to happen, but like, you just don't know what, you know, but, but it just, at the end of the day, you know, that you just formed a new relationship and it's not just going to be one-sided for anybody. You know, yeah. you're going to work with that person and their people for, you know, however long. Right. And it's just, and it's just, re, you know, and it's just rewarding. That's one of my favorite things too, is that it, throughout this process that keeps me going are the people and the friends that I've met, you know, and, and, you know, and like the friends that I've made. Um, I'm thankful for some people, you know, for a lot of people, you know, even like Chris Jones, John Phillips, Josh Balls, all the people that are in that office, even the whole parlor staff, Morgan that works there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Amber that works. They're all fantastic people. And I, I never would have met them if I never would have taken that chance, right. If I never would have taken that leap, got an office there, uh, you know, they're all new friends they are all new people. And I owe them all a lot just for even just accepting me into the place. Right. Yeah. It's just, those are the types of things that I love. Right. You mentioned your upbringing and, and things like that and friends you've made along the way. I saw a picture on your social media. I don't know if it, I think it was Facebook, but it was a picture. And in the picture was uh, Simon Silver, and Crystal McCaffrey. Yeah. How do you know them? Uh, they well, just... I used, I, I, I was friends with Simon for a while. I used to work with Simon. Okay. So I met Crystal through Simon. Gotcha. So what? that's who I've known Simon for what, eight years now, roughly. So I worked at my last job with Simon for seven years and a few months. So that's how long I, I knew him. And then okay. throughout that time, that's how I met Crystal and her husband. And now we're all 
like peas in a pod and we hang yeah. out, you know? I, I asked because I went to high school with both of them. Okay. Um, and Crystal and I used to work together. Uh, what was my first job? I think it was hers too. A place called Mountain Fresh out in Sweet Valley. Okay. And uh, I just didn't know if like, I was like, shit, did he go to our high school? And like, I should know who he is. No, 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 no. no. I've only lived <laughs> in the area now for, I always lose track. Because I'm a terrible person with time, right? So like I, so like I never know how long something's really been going on. But I've lived in this area for 10, 12 years now. I want to say. Okay. You know. Um, so no, I'm definitely not from here. So like you didn't like miss me in high school. Or All anything. right. Yeah. No. Simon and Crystal are, uh, and also her husband. Were they're awesome. Yeah. They're some of my most favorite. You know, most favorite people on earth. Yeah, I've never had the pleasure of meeting uh, her husband. I, I yeah, I haven't really see i've probably seen her in passing like at like an event somewhere over the years but i mean shit i left that job it's 2004 or 5 oh five so it's been it's been a long time yeah yeah but uh yeah so what's next for dead sled i mean we have some things in the works right so as far as collaborations go i can't get into too much about that just because I, there's some things i can't say and some sure. things aren't finalized um just continue to grow so it's like i would love to you know like i said before i would love to get into the bottling or canning business i would love to start canning cold brew you know that's like kind of like i think the next step um we're working on big box stores like bigger ones you know we're trying there's a couple things that we're going to launch that will help us get into those um, but I would really love to get into canning. You know, okay. I want to can cold brew. Uh, I want to see our brand on the shelves when I walk in there to grab, you know, whether it's a water or whatever, like, Oh, look, there's us, you sure. know, it's, so I think that that's the next logical step for us. Um, a couple of years from now or a year and a half from now, I would love to even do brick and mortar. You know, I would love to open up, you know, a, not necessarily local, but maybe Scranton or somewhere Pittston. You know, just see how it does, you know, yeah. but it's, that's another risk. That's just a different ball of wax, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, the, you know, these are the plans. This is the stuff that we would like to do. These are the things that we've spoken about, you know, so we can take that next level. Um, but we take it a day at a time, you know, we've grown very, very, very quickly over the course of four years. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if we want to grow as fast as we did in another year, just just because it's just me you know what i mean but uh yeah i mean those i mean those are our goals i mean we're not sure where we're gonna go you know we you know we know the people that we're gonna be working with here shortly and launching um but in terms of long term yeah bottling brick and mortar things like that well you gotta grow so you hire more people because you're never gonna get to that retirement setting that we just talked about. Oh for sure. For sure. <laughs> you need, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, need to grow. Sure. You need to add uh oh, yeah. people to your your team so you can take a vacation once in a while. Yeah, take, so a, like, take a weekend away, you know? We're like we're hopeful, you know. So we're working on some things uh as far as um taking the next level, being able to bring in like a staff member to do something, you know, or a couple staff members. Um, there's some things that we have to work on first and potential investment opportunities for particular people, things like that in order for us to, you know, take that next leap where we want to go, you know, like we want to be on grocery shelves, you know, we want to be, we want people to go, Oh, this person this Oh, cool. You know, they're here. Wow. They're here now. Yeah. Well, I don't know how the coffee game goes, but you're in the right building because you, you mentioned parlor. And they've been Correct. able to uh, kind of make a, a decent sized footprint in the, the local area here and in stores and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I'm not sure if the the process is the same with uh, those beverages, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, like these are meetings that I have to set up. These are people that I, you know, have to like look into. Um, I mean, you can definitely hire like a co-packer type thing for people to bottle your cold brew for or to like can your cold brew, but like it, it's. Um, continuity is so important to me i'm so i'm such a like that's the only thing i'm you know i'm such a stickler with it like it has to be that quality yeah for sure or like i don't want to do it it has to taste exactly the same how i make it or it's just you know it's just well dude no. i mean i i don't know how many times i've said over the years like i would get dunkin donuts right right i keep saying like all i want to do is i want to open up dunkin donuts 
and I want to pay like five friends and I want to pay them very well. Yeah. And their sole job is just to make a consistent cup of fucking coffee. <laughs> I don't think I've ever tasted two they're of not, those not. the same ever. It's, it, you can go to the same place day after day and it's different every it's day. It's different every crazy. single day. Man. But it's quick and it's cheap. Well, and hey, you know what? I, I just started. I started uh, making coffee at home now. Thanks to yeah. you. I got some, uh, I got three bags of dead stuff coffee here. I'm going to get through. And um, so I, I'm avoiding the uh, the stop at Dunkin' now and I'm making coffee at home. And um, I can, I can uh, do the quality control as far as the consistency of, of uh, you know, sugar and <laughs> Correct. things like that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and and I mean, always it's tell not, people- it's, it's not Dunkin', it's, it's craft coffee. So, right, right. And I always tell people because they'll, you know, because some people, some, you know, someone will ask me, they're like, well, what's the proper way to make a cup of coffee? Uh, just because I can come off like, you know, this is the only way that I drink it. I'm like, look, I'm like, the only way to drink a cup of coffee is the way that you like to drink that cup of coffee. Like, that's it. Like, it, it's uh, regardless of your coffee knowledge, I don't care. I don't care if you throw a pound of sugar in your cup of coffee and a gallon of milk. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's, as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters to me. Now, I hope you don't have to do that so it tastes good. <laughs> you know, it's just, but to me, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. the way somebody likes it is the way that somebody likes it. Yep. That's cool. I had a question for you I wanted to ask before you left. Oh, yeah. If people are watching or listening right now, uh, how can they get some of your coffee? So if you just go out to deathsuncoffee.com, uh, we have numerous options out there from flavors to different origins to different roast levels. Uh, hit us up. Uh, hit me up. Uh, you know, if you sign up for our mailing list, you'll get a percentage off your first order. But, uh, and, you know, hit us up on uh, social media too. You're talking to me. So just so you know, <laughs> you know, so it's like, if you ever have a question, feel free to answer. Um, a lot of times on social media, your DMs will go to junk, so I won't see them for a couple days, but I promise you that I'll get back to you. You know, like we answer everybody to the best of our ability as fast as we can. Very cool. And if you had your uh, a wish list, top three, I know you mentioned Deftones before, but bands, who would you, who are your top three that you want to work with? Oh, man, I've been asked this boat beat before and i always get stumped on it because it's just it's tough right so it's like i would love to do obviously Deftones would be one of my number ones like it was just like if if it it was just for fanboying you know just for egotistical purposes it would probably be like deftones breaking benjamin and say like man that's tough because like I love classic stuff too. Like I would love to do like, I, I I know it sounds crazy, but I would love to do like a Led Zeppelin or like a Pink Floyd coffee, right? Like to like get the rights of that stuff. But definitely Deftones, definitely Breaking Benjamin. Uh, the third one's really tough for me to be perfectly honest with you. I feel like you have an in for Breaking Benjamin. I feel like you have a, you have a small in. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think you might know a guy. Mm. Yeah, I would also love to do the Halloween franchise for coffee too. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I would love to do the Halloween franchise. I think that'd be fun. But yeah, me, yeah, but like I think for anybody else, I just like, yeah, Deftones, I'm good, you know? <laughs> like, you know, let's just do that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Mike, I I'm I feel like I said, I, I'm ashamed that uh I haven't heard of you sooner. You're right down the road for me. You're you're in. I mean, I've been in this area since the day I was born. I've been in the media scene, and I've been in like marketing and and just local business for for so long. And it's like, how the fuck did I miss you? No, that's all good because I'll tell you what. That actually motivates me more to be like, all right. So how do they not know that we exist, right? So let me figure out where you know. And I'll and like I'll ponder that too. I'll say, okay. So how did he, how didn't he know? how can I fix it? So everybody knows. Right. So it's just, now my brain's <laughs> going to go off. I always joke. I mean, you appear on the pop go project podcast. You might be fulfilling a million orders tomorrow. hundred percent. Let's do it. <laughs> that, let's do it. And if, I, and if, and if anybody mentions you mentions the podcast, I'll give them, I'll freaking email them what 
$10 gift cards. There you go. Okay. All right. You heard it here. <laughs> $10 gift cards. Mention Popco. Yeah. When talking to Mike at Desla Coffee. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, getting into the rest of this uh, coffee uh, over the next few weeks. Um, thank you for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, it'll be episode 99. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. I love doing these things. I'm trying to get back into, like, I'm, I'm working on starting a Twitch channel. And it's just, the timing is weird. But I have, you know, here and there, like, I, I have some inspiration, you know, like, some people that will help me and give me tips and tricks. I'm trying to get back into podcasting kind of, but not really like live streams, right. Of just talking, you know, sipping coffee or watching horror movies, having a good time. It's, it's, uh, you know, having guests come on. I'm hoping, you know, hopefully it starts soon in, in the fall, but it's, it's a lot. Like I have no idea how Twitch even works. Right. So again, I, th- I feel like, you know, some people close by, right. Can help that you. might know. <laughs> That like might know what to do, you know, and those are the people that might be helping me if, if I ask them. Yeah, yeah, you know. I think you're all right. I think you're yeah. You're yeah, set up for success so for sure. So awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm very happy that I've been introduced to Dead Sled Coffee. And uh, please, by all means, I'll have to come visit you at your uh, your office. I actually have never been over. You're there. always welcome. I've never been over there. I, I guess I know John and Aaron and, and Josh and Chris and uh, right the other John. Um, I've never been over there. I've never seen the, uh, like Chris had me over there when, like, I think it was like mid COVID and like the offices were shut down. He just kind of gave me a small little tour. Yeah. Because I believe Josh even told me that like at one point during COVID, it was just him and Chris that were in that building, like basically for the most part. And it was empty. Yep. So yeah, I don't, I haven't been over there since. Yeah. Obviously you're you're more than welcome to come over and and hang out at Axel Rad, but likewise, you're, you're, yep. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Cheers. All right. See you.